What's going on, guys? Hello, and welcome to episode 63 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be recapping the Thursday night football matchup between the Falcons and the Panthers before getting on into the week 10 slate of games. So let's get right on into it. Starting off with the Thursday night football matchup, we have the Fa- the Falcons going on to face the Panthers. Um, Panthers coming out on top twenty five to fifteen. Uh, I was wrong. I picked the Falcons to cover and win. Oops. <laughs> but this was just a hell of a game for the Panthers front seven. They had the Falcons to one hundred thirty eight yards, which on the ground, which seems like a good amount. But seeing what the Falcons have been able to do this season, seeing that they're one of the best rushing attacks in the league, that's a pretty solid game for the Panthers. And they really got off their Mariota rushing the passer, not letting him beat them through the air like they he did last time. Um, Brown had one of his best games as a pro. Burns got in there for a sack. Haynes was incredible off the edge. Ioannidis got a couple plays. Even Eter Grossmatos got in a few times. Um, that combined with the rain, it led to one of the worst performances of Mariota's career. He only ended with one interception, but it felt like he could have had like five. He was extremely inaccurate, but like it was rainy and windy, so I don't know how much to take away. Like I. I don't know, um, but that also doesn't excuse some of the boneheaded decisions he made, like just hooking it up while under pressure in the arms of um, defenders. Uh, one of them, he should have thrown a pick six, but luckily his butt touched the ground first, just throwing it up in the, a double coverage on a prayer when you don't need to. Like, I think if the weather was better, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see Ritter this game because then like, you don't want to throw in a rookie quarterback for his first ever start in like a bad conditions and just like tank his confidence but with the decision making that Mariota was like showing in a clean weather game you probably would have thrown Ritter in there see if he gives you a chance to win and I don't think that Mariota is providing enough value to get an evaluation on the quarterback in your system you know you want to know if you need to get that guy next year Mariota isn't providing enough value to say that he is that guy and I don't think he's providing enough value to say like hey don't even play Desmond Ritter because we don't even want to see what he's got. And while this is a good win for the Panthers, a nice bounce back game for PJ Walker and all, um, this win does make it ever so harder to get your franchise quarterback. Yes, PJ Walker has shown the ability to do some great things. Like that DJ Moore should have been game winner. It was probably the greatest throw I've ever seen. Just like single-handedly, perfectly on the money, most air yards. Like it was a perfect throw, but he also looks pretty bad at times. Like freaking last week against the Bengals, he looked like completely lost. U.S. Scott Fitterer, the Panthers GM, cannot take another swing and a miss at a veteran quarterback like P.J. Walker. Like, in fact, you can't even take another swing because there's just way too much risk on it being a miss. Now, like, of course, the draft isn't a surefire thing, but like, I, I just don't want the Panthers to think it's not worth it to go after Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, one of these top guys. Or win too many games where they won't even be able to get the guy of their choosing. I'm moving on to the uh, Sunday and Monday slate of games. We got the Seahawks at the Bucks um, at in quotation marks because they're actually going to be playing this one in Munich, Germany. First ever game like that, so kind of exciting. Wake up early to watch that. Uh, the Buccaneers are two and a half point favorites. Both of these teams though are in the midst of surprise seasons, but are like opposite ends of the spectrum. The Seattle Seahawks sit atop of the NFC West with a 6-3 record led by comeback player of the year candidate and honestly MVP candidate Geno Smith. Rookie of the year candidates on both sides of the ball with Kenneth Walker on offense, Tariq Woolen on defense, and a completely rejuvenated defense that is playing really hard for Pete Carroll. 
Uh, what this team is doing is incredible and shouldn't be overlooked. If they come out on top of this game, they should be in the Super Bowl conversation. Uh, for the Bucks, though, they sit atop the NFC North or NFC South, but they do so with a four and five record and one of the league's worst offenses. It took a complete defensive collapse by the Rams for them to squeak out a 16-13 victory. However, this is still a Tom Brady-led team, and I would not be shocked if that game-winning drive was kind of like the catalyst for better offense and better performance for the rest of the year. They still have a good defense, uh, one of the best in the league, especially now that they're getting their dogs back healthy, and they have the offensive talent to be great. Like Clearly, this team won a Super Bowl with this main core, a few years ago, it just hasn't really clicked yet. And I wonder if that Rams drive was a little click that Brady needed to be like, all right, look, this is what we can be. This is what we will be for the rest of the season. I just don't know if they can carry that momentum, though, against these red-hot Seahawks. On one hand, I want to pick the Bucks. Something about Brady playing in Germany with the bright lights, it seems inevitable that he's going to come out on top. You know, like, he's the NFL world superstar, like, the Germ- Germany probably is cheering for Tom Brady to win. He probably will have the most fans there. But based on the way these two teams have played so far this season, like other than just a gut feeling that Brady's going to turn up in Germany, like I feel like I would regret not picking the Seahawks. The Seahawks are the better team right now, so I'm going to pick them to cover and win. Then we have the Texans at the Giants. The Giants are going to be four-point favorites going into this one. Uh, the Texans are just a train wreck right now, and honestly, it's best for them to keep losing. This franchise needs to get itself a quarterback to build around. They have extra draft capital, too, from the Sean Watson trade. And Davis Mills is not him. And then this Giants defense has just been complete maniacs this season. They really are going to get after Mills unless Cooks and Collins plays. I don't see how he's going to be able to get the ball out fast enough and give Mills a target like these receivers. I don't have faith in them giving Mills a target to get the ball out with the pass rush coming in fast. However, the Giants still do have the number 24th ranked run defense. It's not like their coverage unit's been what's really excelled and popped them up to be one of the league's best defenses this year. Um, And the Davis Mills and the Texans, like they could have a pretty good advantage going into that one. Um, Just lean on him, get get him the ball early and often, and chew clock play good defense however i don't think that they're going to be able to beat the giants at their own game that's that's the giants game saquon has been one of the best backs in the league this year and the texans have been downright disgusting against the run like disgusting in a bad way they're surrendering over 180 yards per game on the ground which is over 30 more yards per game than the 31st ranked run defense the historically bad detroit lions are 30 yards per game better than the texans this year I just can't fathom the Texans being able to do anything to stop Saquon, like on the tear he's on, the seasons he's having. You think the Texans are going to be the ones to stop him? Um, Daniel Jones, he's also been more than good enough as a complimentary passer and a threat to run himself. I think the four-point spread, honestly, is kind of disrespectful to the Giants. Like these, these teams are kind of opposites right now. Like they're, they want to be the same style. They're both teams that should be rebuilding, want to get that strong head coach lean on the running game and defense the giants are doing it successfully the texans they're dumpster fire um yeah i'm gonna pick the giants to cover and win i think this is gonna be one of the giants best games of the year then we have the browns at the dolphins the dolphins are three and a half point favorites the browns played great last we saw them on monday night football and now we get to see them with an extra bye week to prepare they really went back to their strengths as an offense, leaning into Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and when they need to throw it, they have stars like Amari Cooper, David Njoku. Um, 
And Joku is questionable. Hopefully he is able to play because he's been a really good tight end this year. But just saying, like, this offense has all the tools to be great, especially when Deshaun Watson comes back. But even now with Jacoby Brissett, he's good enough as a game manager where if you don't need to rely on him, he can help you win these games. And the Dolphins' defense has been pretty up and down this season. They've given up 32 points to the Bears last week, uh, 27 and one half to the Lions, 42 to the Jets, 38 to the Ravens. But then they also shut out the Lions in the second half of their game, held the Patriots to seven in week one and the Bills to 19 just a few weeks ago. They have the talent to be a good defense. They have all the pieces there, but it's hard to know. Are they going to reach their potential week in and week out? I think they're really missing Brian Flores on that side of the ball. But what has been reaching their potential and what makes you forget about Brian Flores and this defense is this offense. No matter what the defenses try, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle just remain getting open. The Browns secondary has been impressive despite missing Ward, who looks like he's on his way back this week. But even with Ward, how much are they going to be able to slow down this offense? The best chance they have is Miles Garrett having a defensive player of the year statement game, which is definitely possible against this Dolphins line. But I still don't see that happening. Like the Dolphins, even if they go away from Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, they have Trent Sherfield, they have uh, Mike Kosicki. These running backs are pretty good in themselves. Jeff Wilson, like, it's, like that's a very underrated pickup in a trade for just a fifth round pick. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins to cover and win. Then we have the Jags at the Chiefs, the Chiefs being nine and a half point favorites. The Chiefs had a real scare last week, struggling on offense and barely beating the Titans with a backup quarterback, um, taking it to overtime. And that's why I'd be scared if I were the Jags. This is the third time this season that the Chiefs have scored 20 points or less. And in the immediate games following the last two, the Chiefs dropped 41 and 44 points. When they show some weakness in their offense, they're able to iron them out and turn into different playmakers. Something like getting rid of type kills really opened them up to allow. Like before you take away Taylor, you take away Kelsey, you can't really lean on anyone else. Now you take away Kelsey, like, which is still like much easier said than done. But you have Juju, you have Mikol, Sky Moore's getting a bit more involved. Um who am I forgetting? MVS, he's he's had a couple big games too. So they just have a diversity of offense that they know like when one goes down, we can just lean on the other, like someone else instead. But the Jags are coming off a nice comeback win from last week. Their offense has been taking steps. Both Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne had one of their best games last week. And this defense is really stepping up. Um, they neutralized Devontae Adams, one of the league's best receivers last week, and slowed down Josh Jacobs all day. I don't think they'll have the same success against the Chiefs, but at the same time, I don't like they don't have to worry about a number one outside receiver like Adams in the same way. Like the Chiefs obviously have Travis Kelsey, and I don't though see anyone having the ability to really slow him down, be, get in his way. Maybe Devin Lloyd, um, he has the potential, but it is a rookie. That's a really tall task to ask a rookie to do. There's a chance that Lawrence and this offense can keep pace for a bit, like at the beginning of the game, but I think the Chiefs are just going to pull away, outmatch them, outclass them, get a pretty comfortable win, like something like 44-21. Uh, so, yeah, Chiefs cover and win. And then we have the Broncos at the Titans, Titans being three-point favorites. Uh, the Titans almost beat one of the best teams in the league last week with a backup quarterback and receivers who did nothing but block. Ryan Tannehill is expected to play this week, so their passing attack should hopefully be better, uh, but they really need to start scheming up their players to get open more. Get the ball into the playmaker's hands faster, run more wide receiver screens, little smoke routes, slants, RPO, stuff like that. Derrick Henry has been a beast, but he can't carry this team to a win every week. Like, 
the back-to-back weeks where they relied on him and only him, 17 points. That's not good in the modern NFL, especially going against Broncos defense, which is more than equipped, I think, to slow him down. Like, at front seven, um, Singleton's been one of the best linebackers in the league this year. But do we really have enough confidence in this Broncos offense? That's the question. They added Chase Edmonds, and Russell Wilson didn't actually look terrible facing the Jags for the first time this year um, in London two weeks ago. But I'm still just not confident in them going forwards. They, they should have the pieces that should work. Like, I, I don't have a lot of faith in them running the ball. Um, Even with the addition of Chase Edmonds, this Titans defense is one of the best in the leagues. But such an injury should be able to get open a few times against the secondary, which has some nice pieces. But uh, Terrence Mitchell has been a pretty glaring weak spot that if the Broncos are smart, they should be targeting all day. I want to see how this Broncos, looks, um, Broncos offense looks coming off the bye. And I'm kind of going to buy into that what we saw in London, like they're going to continue to build off. And this offense is going to be at least competent after having his, like a week to sit back, self-evaluate, and write that shit a bit. So I'm going to pick the Broncos to cover and win. Uh, we have Vikings then at Bills, three and a half point favorites for the Bills. Who would have thought that the Vikings would be coming into this game with a better record and a legitimate chance of winning? Um, I know they've been unimpressive for a 7-1 team, but they really are checking all the boxes. Besides blowing out a team and winning in a primetime game, and then also like beating up a really high-quality opponent. Um, but they've shown that they can hold the lead, they can come back, they can win with rushing, passing, defense, uh, you name it. They're really a complete team with no glaring weaknesses, despite not having any extreme state, uh, strengths outside of Justin Jefferson. On the other side of the ball, the Bills are coming off a surprising loss where Josh Allen looked like he regressed to rookie yourself, making some silly mistakes and unnecessarily putting the ball into harm's way. This offensive line wasn't helping either, giving up pressure on almost 40% of Allen's dropbacks and allowing five sacks. And they're going to face another strong pass rush with Zedaria Smith and Daniil Hunter and add in the fact that Josh Allen might not even play this week with the UCL injury. The Vikings do have a serious shot at slowing down this offense. However, I find it hard to believe that the Bills are going to get beat up two weeks in a row, especially if Josh Allen plays, but even still, this offense has a chance to explode. Case Keenum, he's not great, but we saw what he did with the 2017 Vikings roster. Like, if you put a good team around him, Stephon Diggs, he could do some decent things. Like, they, they probably, I would assume they still have some of that chemistry from that year. Um, and the Vikings offense just hasn't been impressive to me. Like, they do enough to win, but... Are you sitting here thinking they're one of the best offenses in the league? No. Um, their interior offensive line could really struggle against this Bills pass rush, and they might just not be able to put up enough points to beat the Bills in a low-scoring affair. So I'm going to pick the Bills still to cover and win. Then we have the Lions at the Bears. Bears are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, and I'm oddly excited for this game. It's not really going to mean anything for the whole of the season, um, at least like playoff-wise. Neither of these teams are going to make the playoffs. And it's more than likely that a win would hurt either team as it would lower their draft stock. But I want to see Justin Fields go against one of the league's worst defenses. Like, yes, they held the Packers to nine points last week, but the Lions aren't a good defense. I think that says a lot more about the Packers, which we'll get into later, than the Lions. The Fields, he has been incredible these past few weeks, uh, looking like a true franchise quarterback. And if that Fields comes and continues to show up, these Lions, I don't think, are going to have any answers for it. But the Bears' defense has also been bad. Um, they're facing Jared Goff this week, 
though, and not Tua and the Dolphins, so maybe there's a bit better chance. Their secondary has been good all season, and this defense, like, it's not a bad couple of weeks, but I think people are really underselling how bad the Dolphins can just make a team look, especially with, like, a young secondary like that. I think they definitely could have a real bounce-back game against the Lions offense that has really cooled off in these past few weeks, so I'm going to pick the Bears to cover and win. Then we have the Saints at the Steelers. The Saints are one and a half point favorites. This is another game that, if we're being honest, won't matter too much at the end of the season unless the Saints have a chance to like sneak in as a backdoor NFC South victor with a losing record. But even if they make it, they're going to go very far. And I've been a champion for Andy Dalton saying that they should keep starting him as he gives them the best chance to win. And I think they should start him again this week. But at some point, I do think that the Reigns need to go back to Jameis Winston. I guess he's more volatile, but if you really want a realistic shot of winning and you need to start winning games, tanking doesn't really help you at all because you don't even have a first-round pick. Um, he provides a higher ceiling that Dalton can't offer, being more aggressive and willing this team to win, even if that means losing games that they probably shouldn't. Uh, for the Steelers, they've made the switch to Pickett, and it has not looked much better for them. The only game they won was when Trubisky came back in for the second half after a picket concussion. Um, they need to keep... I'm not saying bench picket. They need to keep him in so we can adapt to the NFL, learn, and grow. It's far too late to go back. But they aren't a playoff team with him. Um, they probably aren't one with Trubisky either. But in the games he started and finished, they've scored 3, 10, and then 13 points. So at least each time he's getting more points. And I would watch out for them to hit 20 this week. Um, jokes aside, though, this offense is just bad. Canada is going to be lucky if he still has his offensive coordinator position at the end of the season. Harris has looked terrible behind this offensive line, which is also bad. Uh, the receivers are the lone redeeming quality of this team, and while I like the Chase Claypool trade for the Steelers' long run, in the short run, that's just going to hurt them now. Um, one less valuable person to target out there, you know? Um, however, the defense has still been really good, and there's a good chance they get TJ Watt back this week. The Saints' offense has been really up and down, so I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Steelers were able to completely neutralize them and keep this as a low-scoring game and have a strong game plan on offense that, coming off the bye, allows them to sneak out a win. So I'm going to pick the Steelers to cover and win. Then we got the Colts at the Raiders. Raiders five-point favorites. I don't even want to talk about this game. There is zero reason the Raiders should lose this game. And if they do, I don't see how you can take this whole front office or coaching staff seriously, this ownership seriously. They need to fire Josh McDaniels if they lose this. I get that they want to give him time to implement his plan, but he's been historically bad, like blown loss after blown loss, and losing to Jeff Saturday would just be the cherry on top. And with Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro going on IR, it's not even the craziest thing that to think that the Raiders might lose this game. Like, And that alone, I think, makes you question the hire of Josh McDaniels. Like, if you're questioning whether you're going to lose to the Colts with a head coach hired out of nowhere and a 30-year-old play caller who's never done it before, the Raiders have just been a bad team. Inconsistent offense that can't put teams away and a defense that lacks talent outside of Max Crosby. So while they may be able to strong, start strong, um, eventually the offense is on the other side of the ball, figure out what the Raiders doing, and the scheme might be good, but if the players can't execute and eventually the um, offenses figure out how to beat it. Like, that's that's how you get three 17-point blown leads. And then for the Colts, respectfully, this is a shit show. Their offense has been absolutely terrible. 
porous offensive line, no run game, decent receivers at best, and a young quarterback running for his life back there. They're going to be able to put some points on the Raiders, though. This defense is bad, so it's definitely up to the defense to step up, hold Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams in check, which, although it shouldn't be possible, we've seen it happen multiple times this year. And if they can do that, they could 100% come out on top of a game that they have no right to win and a game that Jim Irsay probably wants them to lose. And I think that's a bigger deal than what we're all thinking. Like, I think Jim Irsay is going to actively try to lose every game this season. Um, obviously, the players are going to try to win, but he's got a puppet for a head coach right now, Jeff Saturday. He could probably influence this game a lot more than we're, we're thinking. Um, I think there's so much going on against the Colts that it would just melt my mind if they beat the Raiders. So just for my sanity, I'm going to pick the Raiders to cover and win. And I, I hope, man. <laughs> then we have the Cowboys at the Packers. Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. And while I'm extremely disappointed in the Raiders, the Packers are by far my most disappointing team this season. I picked them to win the effing Super Bowl. And now I doubt that they'll even make the playoffs. This offense has been downright depressing to watch. No one can get open. This running game is very hit or miss. A.J. Dillon has been a disappointment, and now Aaron Jones is battling injuries. This offensive line has been underwhelming, constantly rotating players due to poor performance and um, injury. And now Rodgers, he, he just looks like a mess out there trying to figure out everything, figure out who he can rely on, and realizing he can't rely on anyone. And now he gets to face Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, and this elite Cowboys defense who are coming off a freaking bye. The Packers' offense was terrible, and that was while facing one of the league's literally one of the worst defenses in league history last week. I can't imagine how it's going to work uh, look this week, and <laughs> I don't know, man. Dude, if you like defensive football, definitely tune into this game. Even if the pa uh, Packers' offense comes out and is competent, like, I don't know, like 17, 21 points, I also don't see how their defense is going to slow down the Cowboys. Sean Gary is out a huge blow to this pass rush, and this whole unit has been very underwhelming. Um, Campbell and Walker, they've really struggled at linebacker, and Joe Barry doesn't know how to take advantage of the talented players in his secondary, constantly not having them follow around. Like, Jair should follow around um, CD. If you're worried about Michael Gallup and Noah Brown beating you, like, that's... You got bigger problems. I, I want to see Jair actually freaking shadow someone, because when they do that, this defense isn't bad. When they actually shadow receivers and play into their strengths but they just don't do that enough and i don't see why they would change their cards now so i'm gonna go cowboys cover and win then we have the cardinals at the rams rams one and a half point favorites uh speaking of disappointing teams we get a head-to-head -head battle for third place in the nfc west the rams have no offensive identity they can't run to save their life and cup is their only viable receiver at least uh, matthew stafford who has been getting better at not ignoring Allen robinson recently <gasps> but like Last week, first of the Bucks, just, I don't even know how to describe that, man. Um, it's just terrible. If they don't have that big cup touchdown, they would have had 137 yards as a team. They just have no way to move the ball consistently. And all the easy buttons and offensive magic that McVeigh has been known for, for throughout the years, suddenly gone. And we're just left with this sad sack of an offense. And the Cardinals just feel angry to me. Like, I feel like that's the best way to describe it. They don't feel bad. They just feel like a angry team. Um, but angry in a way that's destructive, not like, oh, yes, like, we're angry, we're mad, we should be better, let's play good. No, they're just destructive on it themselves. 
they're exciting for the most part, coming in pretty middle of the pack in terms of scoring, but they do so in fun ways at least. Um, they have a clear focus. And recently they got DeAndre Hopkins back, which is, has been a big boost to this offense, but they really just lack discipline and a clear focus on what this team should be. I've been saying for weeks now that they're missing Hollywood Brown badly and they're trying to get Robbie Anderson into the role very unsuccessfully. This offensive line is a mess without Ronnie Hudson. They're just really undisciplined with penalties, um, bad snaps from Bryce, um, Billy Price, and failing at stunt pickups, which also is probably like a center thing. Like, you got to help your offensive line recognize the blitzes that are coming. Like, they have the ability to put up points. This is a talented team, but they really lack direction, and I think that falls on Cliff Kingsbury. I just don't know why they expended him. It's not like this is new for his team. So they've collapsed every year, and this year they just didn't hit the high they normally do, and we just see bad all year. That being said, I do like the pieces on the Cardinals. They have a pretty good chance of coming out on top here. I want to see them use more and more in the slot, and whoever the number two outside... Like, I want to see more production out of them. If it is Robbie Anderson, like, please go go back to what, like, being good. Like, what happened to him? Um, Ramsey, he's probably going to follow around Hopkins. This defense is good at, like, actually taking advantage of that, unlike some other teams. And they have the talent on this roster to win versus Hale and Kendrick. I'm just really hesitant on if Kingsbury will put his players in position to succeed. But I'll put a little faith in him and pick the Cardinals to cover and win. Then we have the Chargers at the Niners. Niners seven-point favorites. This was supposed to be the Chargers' year. One of the most talented rosters in the league and a young, up-and-coming head coach. But there's just something about the Chargers that means everything's going to go wrong. They're likely to be at their top three wide receivers, two tackles, and their big free agency signing at corner and an all-pro pass rusher. This is not the Chargers we thought they'd be coming into this year, and it's not even their fault. They just are decimated with injury. They can't push the ball downfield and at all, and with their offensive line in shambles, it's hard to run the ball, too. And now they get to face the Niners, one of the most talented, best-coached defenses in all of football. This is another game this week where I feel like I would just be absolutely shocked if the Chargers were able to generate anything on offense, like even an average offensive game. I'd be like, wow, like good job, Chargers. This pass rush is going to be all over Herbert, and there's just going to be nowhere to get the ball out to uh, with the Chargers receivers being just as I said, decimated, and the Niners have a pretty good secondary, and they're also, like, Demario Davis is an, an incredible defensive coordinator that knows how to shut down opposing offenses. And then offensively for the Niners, we saw Shanahan start to have some fun two weeks ago with McCaffrey, and now they've had a whole bye week to integrate him even further into this offense. Unless they use Derwin James as, like, a McCaffrey eraser, which... I don't know if that would be smart because you also have Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, just all these other weapons. I don't see how the Chargers are going to be able to contain him. Do you think Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, any of these linebackers, or Nasir Adderley, like, do they think that they have a chance to slow down this Niners offense? I don't. So I'm going to pick the Niners to cover and win. Then we have the Commanders at the Eagles. Eagles being 11-point favorites. The Eagles are in an absolute tear this season. 8-0, and their average margin of victory is above 11 points. They really have no weaknesses on their roster. Like, yeah, they have some positions where other teams have better players, but across the whole team, like, name a bad unit. I'll wait. You can't say the same about the Commanders, though. They're going to throw Heineke out there once again, and in his three starts as a Commanders, they have scored 23, 17, and 17 points. 
His turnover-worthy play rate is 8.2%, almost 3% higher than any other quarterback who has started more than one game. And it's not like he's creating a bunch of big plays off the back of these risky throws. So he only has a 2.2% big-time throw rate. Honestly, I kind of hope the Eagles pull out to an early lead because Heineke isn't the guy for the future, or I, I don't even think he's the guy for the present. I really want to see Sam Howell, the fifth-round pick out of UNC, get some action. I think he can really provide a spark for this offense that Heineke isn't. Like, he may bring the energy, but I think Howell could bring the play. There's a chance, though, that this commander's defense can slow down the Eagles. This pass rush has been playing a lot better, and it's looking like Trace Young is trending towards playing, which is huge. Like, when healthy and, like, if he can reach his potential, Trace Young could be a top three edge rusher in this league. We haven't seen it from him yet, but he definitely has that potential in him. If all these front four guys are play up to their, their potential, uh, put pressure on Hurts all night and not really letting the ground game take over, they can make this game a lot closer than it has any right to be. But I do think that's a pretty big if. The commanders have not been the best at getting this potential out of their players. And I don't think you can expect all that from Young's first game back. And these Eagles are just so good that I think they will cover this 11-point spread and win. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Um, if you're on YouTube, leave a comment below. Let me know what some of your picks are. Let me, give me a lock of the week and um, hit the like button and subscribe. If you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be listening to this, leave a five-star review. Go tell your friends. That's the only way to help spread out the podcast even further. And yeah, I'll see you all next time.